Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Hello, welcome back to Know the Faith, Defend the Faith. My name is William Hemsworth. Great to be with you all again for today's program. Very honored to have my guest today, uh, Jeffrey Stevens. He's known as the Catholic Wordsmith, and you could visit his website at thecatholicwordsmith.com. He converted to the Catholic Church in 2018. He's a senior writer for Think Civics, which focuses on the Vatican's involvement in world politics. He's also a columnist for Catholic Stand and Catholic 365 and contributes to Joshua's Outpost, which is a ministry geared towards men looking to discover and cultivate a personal relationship with God. And he's currently studying for a second degree in theology from Aiden University in Jacksonville. Uh, Jeffrey, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? You know, I am great. Thanks for coming on the program today. I know I we communicated on LinkedIn and then we made this appointment to talk to you, then we realize, hey, we're friends on Facebook too. Yes. Small world. <laughs> yes, it's funny how Facebook works like that sometimes. So yeah, so so again, thanks for coming on today. Um, and you came into the church in 2018. So maybe you could, but before we get into your writing, maybe you can tell us about your your upbringing and how you came into the Catholic Church. Well, I um, I started back in elementary school. I my parents sent me to a private Catholic school, not because anyone was Catholic, um, just because it was private school and in their opinions private was better than public school so I was always you know I knew what the Catholic Church was I knew the difference between being Catholic and being Protestant I just never came into full communion with the church and as soon as I was because for me back then I I didn't like having to go to school early every other day to go to mass. So as soon as it was no longer a part of my school day, it just said Catholic church was not part of my life whatsoever. And then I actually, I wasn't involved with any church at all really until 2012. And that's when I first discovered a personal relationship with Jesus I was actually staying in Jacksonville, Florida at a faith-based recovery house for men suffering from addiction. Okay. And it was, uh, 
I went to one service at an amazing non-denominational church, and life was different the next day. And um, one of the first things I did, that, that service was a Thursday night. And by the end of the weekend, although it was Protestant church, I went and I bought a Bible and I bought a rosary. Okay. And so for years, I, as a Protestant with no interest whatsoever in becoming Catholic, I would pray the rosary daily. So was there something that prompted you to buy a rosary along with a Bible? I just asked because when I was Protestant, <laughs> buying a rosary was the furthest thing from my mind. <laughs> It was something that I associated with Jesus. Okay, great. Just from the, I don't even want to call it Catholic upbringing, because like I said, I never, I was never at a Sunday Mass. My parents, it's not that they didn't believe in God, we just didn't go to church. Okay. And so my entire elementary school years, the rosary just, when I thought about Jesus, that came to mind. Okay, and great. it took me a while to learn how to pray the rosary and everything. And it's still, I started flirting with the idea of becoming Catholic in 2015. And the, the more I prayed the rosary, just regardless of what church I was going to, the closer I grew to Jesus and the more important he became in my life. Amen to that. That's great. I guess that's, I think that's something that we overlook with the rosary is, I mean, the whole purpose of Mary is to lead her, lead us to her son. And yes. it, sounds, it sounds like she was doing that with you right, right away. Let me drive that right. Yes. Yeah. That's just, I don't even know the words to explain it because I'll probably say it wrong and either offend the Catholic or start something with the Protestant. But when, like when I pray the rosary, of course, there's Hail Marys involved and whatnot, but like I'll say a very personal prayer after every decade, just me praying to Jesus. And, uh, you know, sometimes those are short and sweet and it takes about 20 seconds. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it'll be five, six, seven minutes and I'm still praying. And so that that's the thing when I, when I'm praying the rosary, I don't see myself spending time with Mary, although that is happening. It's just, that is my favorite way. It's something about when I have a rosary in my hand, my prayers are so intimate and so authentic with Jesus that it's like he's sitting right in front of me. Wow. That's powerful. So there, there, there's a lot. When I pray the rosary, it, uh, it, it gets intense and I don't see that. Yes, I am spending time with Mary, but that is my favorite way to spend time with Jesus. Well, amen to that. Absolutely. Amen. So you said in 2015, you started flirting with the idea of becoming Catholic. So I guess, what was that process like? It was confusing. It was very confusing because that's when more and more people became, I'm all about mentorship. I still have some very significant mentors in my life. And some were Catholic, some were, I just started being influenced more by other Catholics. And then like the president of the college I was attending, Dr. Travis, he and I got very close. 
And um, he is not a practicing Catholic, but he is very good friends with Pope Francis. Long before Francis became Pope, when he was down in Argentina, Dr. Travis is the founder of an orphanage down there. Oh, wow. And the closest place where he could go to church when he's there was where Dr. where Pope Francis was. And so they just became friends. And so Dr. Travis, as a Protestant, was very influential in me converting to the church. Just, uh, you know, don't worry about who you offend or who does or doesn't understand. Just do what the Holy Spirit is leading you to do. And as my education, which, again, from a Protestant university, as I started learning more and more about the early church and the church fathers, I mean, you can't deny it that it's the Catholic Church. So the further I got in my studies and the more intimacy that built between me and Jesus, and I fought it for a long time. I started RCIA twice and quit. It's my third time. I finally completely went through. And it's not because I didn't agree or I was against something. It just I couldn't understand. Sure. So I finally uh, accepted the fact that just because I don't understand something does not mean it is wrong. So, <laughs> well, there's nothing, and, and I think it's important for the listeners to understand too. If you're considering becoming Catholic, RCI is there as a way to learn, but just by going, it doesn't obligate you from completing it. No. Um, there was a there was a guy in our, our my I, I assist with RCA in my parish as well, and there was a gentleman a couple of years ago, I think it was on the fifth time he finally finished. Yes, yeah, <laughs> so there's not, not, nothing nothing wrong with that. There's I mean there's nothing obligating. If you just want to know what the church says, by all means, just go to RCA and check it out. Exactly. Yes, that is a. In this last time I did it um, through where I'm at now here in Fort Wayne, St. Jude Parish. We did a program through uh, the website is formed, I believe. Oh yes. I can't, and yeah. it just it was so amazing. It was so much different. Uh, the doctor, I can't, Doctor Shree, I want to believe it was. Yeah, Edward Shree. Yeah. Yes, does the videos and just the way he went about explaining things with preach. Don't know if you want to call it a class, but we would meet every Tuesday night for RCI class, RCIA, and there'd be two videos we'd watch. And that form program just was incredible. The things I learned. I had at that point already had a degree in certificates in theology, and I would learn. I would learn more watching one of those videos than I would sitting through a class or a sermon. <laughs> so it, it was fascinating. Yeah, there's a lot of great stuff on Formed. <laughs> yeah, I still watch it regularly. I'm just finishing up the uh, Metanoia series. Oh, yeah. So. That's a good one. So you came in in 2018, and before we get there, I think it's very important that the president of your college, the mentor, the one who knows Pope Francis, that he encouraged you, even though he wasn't, that he was a Protestant. That, that's Yes. That is such a powerful thing. I mean, the Holy Spirit is working through him too, and he's telling you know follow the Holy Spirit. Where yep. he's, that's fantastic. That's great. That's yeah. great to hear. 
Yeah, and he's a bishop. I It's some kind of assembly. I don't want to say it wrong, so I won't even say yeah, it. Sure. But they are not Catholic, but they are very big on the sacraments. They are a sacramental church. Okay. And so that just, and like as I started taking the Eucharist and then learning more and more about exactly what was happening, and he would explain things to me and he'd make me write about it. And I'd get so upset. <laughs> but the more I learned, it, it, it just, it's like now I sit at the Adoration Chapel in Hall now and I know what is actually, what I'm in the presence of and what is happening. And, it's just that I, I feel bad for not feel bad, but it's like I wish I could tell so many because I still have several Protestant friends. Mm-hmm. And the majority of the small audience I have, they are it's probably about 60, 70 percent Protestant. And I just I write. I'm good with words. I'm a much better writer than I am talking. But I even when I'm writing, I can't come up with words to explain what it does to your soul where you can literally feel it happening and it's it's incredible right so you came into the church in uh 2018 what was that what what was that process like for you what was that experience like Uh, it really made me be open to learning something because I, I had some serious pride and egos, pride and ego issues. Like I'm a theology student and I doubt you're going to tell me something I don't know about God and the Bible. And I, I had to be willing to learn and take advice from people that I wouldn't have done a few years before. And I think that's why I had problems the first two times I went through RCIA is I wasn't willing to you know what it is what it is i thought my education put me closer to god than other people okay and i had to get knocked down a few pegs before i was finally able to fall in love with the catholic church because i was finally able to learn about the church and that that's a big difference there's a huge difference between discussing what a Protestant thinks about the Catholic Church and even some Catholics today. But when I actually went back and started learning about the history of the church, that's when everything started clicking for me. So when did you start writing? I started writing at the end of 2012 when I first met Jesus. Okay. Um, I was never a writer. I'd never Writing was never, ever a part of my life at all. And that, that I told you, it was a Thursday night. I went to that church service, heard Pastor Joby. And then that following weekend, I was at the beach just praying how I, I, I didn't even really know how to pray. So I was just talking to God. And um, later at night, I, I still remember it very vividly. God told me, you know what, you're going to learn about me and writing is going to be involved. You are going to write. And so I right away, back then I was living at the halfway house and I I would start just by reading one chapter a day. 
and out of that chapter, I'd pick one verse and I'd write about, and some of it such garbage when I look back at it now and I actually know, <laughs> but like I would something get my attention and I would write about what it meant to me. And before long, the director of the halfway house had me because it was faith based, had me read to the other guys living in the home and just so many people not necessarily that they enjoyed it, but they learned something or they, they never thought about it that way. And then they finally started posting what I was writing on their blog, on their ministry's blog. And that's how Dr. Travis from Maine University, he came to visit and he had read something I had written and we were discussing that. And then he just asked me, he said, hey, you know what? Have you ever thought about studying theology? And I laughed at it. I didn't even know what theology was. And right there on the spot, he offered me a full ride scholarship. Wow, that is fantastic. And so writing just has, writing is my life now. And like I said, I, I probably haven't taken anything higher than the 10th grade English class. And that is one thing Dr. Travis and everyone else has told me. Do not take a writing class. Do not have someone teach you how to write because they will mess you up. So <laughs> that's that how I went about it. You know, Jeffrey, I think about when I started blogging and I look back on some of those things and just like you, I'm like, oh, that, oh, that's terrible. What, 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 what is that? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Like, well, like, I, like, can I delete this somehow? Like, <laughs> yeah, well, see, that was a good thing with me is um, I know I'm still today, I'm not real tech savvy. And so I literally, for like the first, I'm going to say till 2016. And like even today when I write, I still everything's in on notebook paper and with a pen. Okay. And then I'll go back and go to my computer and just I feel closer to God when I'm writing. And I was writing pen. That way I can't erase it. And uh, I've got notebooks full of stuff that no one's ever seen, thank God. <laughs> so, <laughs> so how long did it take for you I know, you, I know you said you came into the church in 2018. Did you transition to writing Catholic stuff right away, or was that a process of um, getting there? Actually, I started writing for the Catholic stand two years before I became in full communion with the church. And okay. They made sure, it, uh, right there on the writer bio, they made sure it was listed that I was not in full communion with the church, but they knew I prayed the rosary every day. They knew I was going to Mass. Like, I would be at my Protestant church every Sunday, but I was going to daily Mass Monday through Friday. And so the, it's kind of like, you know, I could write about something I couldn't understand, and it actually helped because a lot of people would comment. You know, some people be a jerk about it. They leave a nasty comment, whatever, sure. but they're also... A lot of things I learned from other people and their experiences, and it really helped me help my faith develop into what it is now. Okay. So what other websites are you writing for now? Right now, it's just my website, which is I've been so busy with books these last 
what is it, in July, last four months, I've been, I signed a couple contracts, ghost writing, and that's taken a lot of time. But my website, thecatholicwordsmith.com, I'm just now going back to regularly contributing to catholic365.com. And then every Tuesday, I have a column on thinkcivics.com, which they are not a faith-based what they are a political website, and it's within the the only thing I cover. Every now and then, I'll write about something going on in Israel because Israel has a place in my heart. But my focus is always Vatican's involvement in world mm-hmm. politics. So, what kind of things you've been writing as far as the Vatican goes on Think Civics? The last couple article, well, of course, this last Tuesday was fully concerned with what happened last Friday with yeah. the Latin mass and everything. But before that, I was doing a lot on what was happening in Cuba and actually what's going on in Lebanon right now with the Christian refugees. Wow. Okay. So the, there's a lot of people don't, that don't realize how serious that, and I, I get it. I know there's help needed right here where we live, but what is going on there just, is you can't even fathom right now. They are give that whole country is getting ready to just collapse. And the Christian refugees who they are actually there, they left Iraq during the whole thing with ISIS in 2017, 18, and 19. And now they're like living in abandoned strip malls and different clothing stores and whatnot. And it is just a very touchy scene right now. It is a very touchy scene, not as far, I mean, as far as persecution goes, but even just economically speaking over yes. there. Yeah. Um, I was reading an article and I'm sorry, we were off on the tangent now, but um, a couple of weeks ago about a retired police officer in the Chaldean church in Lebanon, his monthly pension at one time was 1200, but because of the way economy is, it's only $110 now. Yes, and I, I mean, it's it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't read that specific story, but I read of a of several where like the average, not necessarily pension, but people were living on five hundred dollars. Man, I want to believe it's five hundred a week, but it might have been five hundred dollars a month. But now, a year and a half later, that number went from five hundred to fifty. Yeah, it, yeah, it's 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 horrible. So pray for all those people over there, definitely. Yes. Like you said, you've been pretty busy though with the ghostwriting. You've also been putting out a couple books. Um, I mean, you you've published Walking Through the Gospels in ninety days. Yes. Um, becoming a man after God's own heart. I think that one was fairly recent, right? Yes. Those in the other, I think there might be two up there that will that are getting ready to be finished, but those two are available now. Um, what was it? The end of May, I believe, uh, becoming a man after God's own heart. In both those books, they are daily devotionals, walking through the gospel. That's 90 days. And then becoming a man after God's own heart is 45, Great. 45 days. So what kind of things do you, um, I know you offer a number of services on your website, the catholicwordsmith.com. What are some of the things that you offer? I do a lot of ghost writing, uh, and one thing 
in the ghostwriting industry I'm known for, which a lot of people don't even realize there's an industry for that because your name's always kept out of it. But I know enough about theology that when I need to, I obviously I sound like a Catholic. I can write the content that is 100% Catholic, goes nothing against Catholic Church. I also ghostwrite several books for a non-denominational preacher. And there's a lot based on their theology and whatnot, and I can write just the same. I, if you're a Baptist who needs Baptist content, I can write that. So that's where the education from the Protestant universities really helped out quite a bit. Okay. So, so what's on tap for you? I know you have a couple projects in the works now, but what's uh, what's going on in the future for you? <sighs> I'm getting ready to spend a lot of time writing about spiritual warfare. Because I, by no means, I would never say all Catholics, but I personally, both through the parish where I go and then just different people who read and email me and whatnot, it seems like, in my opinion, not enough Catholics realize how serious of matter this is. Oh, yeah. I, I totally agree. 100%. And I, especially for people like you or me who... Yeah, I, I also believe there was a calling in my life to start writing. I'm not going to say I'm sent or anything like that. And just God let me know, hey, you're going to write. And that's it, period. Um, in some... That calling, I believe we all have a calling. For some of us, that is simply being a parent. For some of us, being a supervisor of the office or a factory or a student on campus. We each have a calling. And once you really dial into that and commit to that and make it your focus, you you wear a bullseye on, on your back for the enemy to shoot at. And... I can make that comment so many people and they can't even fathom what I'm talking about. And it's like, no, it's not just for a priest or a deacon or a bishop or a writer or an evangelist. If you, if Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you, you have his bullseye on your back. And you have to know how to deal with that. Absolutely. So when do you think you'll be uh, putting that information out? I will be later. You know what? Tomorrow... Tomorrow morning, I will be publishing an article. I'm going to do probably a three or four post series on this because I'm really, which I'm studying right now because for the first time in my life, really, well, my writing career, the last couple months, I'm putting a lot of effort into making sure I don't go against anything the Catholic Church teaches. And so, like, I'm actually, before we got started this morning, I was going over some things in the catechism on there being a difference between simply, not mean simply, because it is very significant, but there is a difference between receiving the Holy Spirit at your first moment of salvation and then actually being baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit. There's, there's a difference in that. And that what I'm getting ready to write about today and this will end up into a couple of posts about spiritual warfare, but I need to write it in a way that I make sure I don't go against 
anything because that is a very touchy subject. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to mislead anybody. So that's got a lot of my attention right now. And I also, my next book will hopefully be available within the next three weeks. Um, it is a 30-day devotional on learning to flee sexual sin and temptation. Okay. And so I'm at the... I got worked over pretty good writing this because that has been an issue in my life. Um, I am divorced. Uh, There's a lot around that that I don't really know a whole lot about. All I know is the Bishop of our diocese, and I'm not going to say he was right or he's wrong, but he told me the church does not recognize your marriage, so we do not recognize your divorce. (laughs) So keep writing (laughs) what he told me because I... I was ready to hang it up. I was going to go back to writing sports. Thought my evangelism career was over with the divorce. And I took about a year off. Or you know what? I didn't publish anything for about a year. And I spent a lot of time with Monsignor Bob here at our parish and Deacon Jim and then Father uh, Bishop Rhodes here in our diocese. And the more I let those men just pour into me, um, you know what? When the word divorce gets mentioned, sure, I'm sure there's a lot of people who will never read what I write again, and I won't tell them they're wrong for that. But I also, just because I'm willing to write about it and be authentic and be real, it opens the door to a whole new audience. So, because people need to know about that. Sure. Divorce is an issue in the Catholic Church. Yep. Yeah, definitely. So where can our listeners um, buy your books or maybe contact you if they wanted to contact you or just read your stuff in general? Uh, I'm getting ready to do a lot with my website, which I get the contact form. That regularly gets used so they can use that and all. I'll be able to read, and I try to get back to everybody in a day or two, but uh, sometimes email gets crazy, you know that. Yeah. But right now, all my books, well, both my books are on Amazon.com okay. is where they can be bought. And I'm hoping eventually to work with, quote-unquote, a Catholic publisher. I, It's not that I don't want Protestants to read what I write, but for the first time in my writing career, I'm really focused on reaching Catholics. So, Great. Well, Jeffrey Stevens, the Catholic wordsmith, it's been a pleasure talking with you today. Do you want anything you want to leave with our audience before I let you go for the rest of the day? You know, with almost everything I write, whether it's a book or a blog post or an article or whatnot, Bible has to be applied in our daily life. The Bible is not something we read. It's not a fairy tale story. It's not a book of nighttime stories for children. The Bible is something we still today have to learn to apply in our daily lives. And that's what all my writing is about, is to take a passage, a verse, and how it can influence our daily lives on a day-to-day basis. Great. Yeah. Amen to that. So I thank you for your time today. Um, God bless you and your ministry. Thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Take care.
This is Kevin O'Brien of EWTN's Theater of the Word. I'm excited also to teach middle school and high school literature, speech, and drama with homeschoolconnections.com, an online Catholic curriculum provider. Your student can meet with me online for a live, interactive class. Whether you take apologetics with John Martinoni or grade school with Jackie De La Viaga or any of the other 400-plus courses with homeschoolconnections.com, online Catholic learning for your homeschooling family is available for you.